In this week's update, US options expiry, so ignore Friday. The benefit of an open mind, what's good in Australia, and gold, overbought, but sustaining a strong move. My name's Gary Davis. As always, this is general advice only, and please remember to like and subscribe to the video. Let's start with the market perspective because uh, we've got US earnings season starting. That's quite a game-changing dynamic, depending on how it plays out. Uh, and we had uh, options expiry as well on Friday night, just to muddy the waters a little bit. So stepping back and looking at it from a fundamental point of view, the odds of a recession occurring uh, in America and around the world are still rising, and there's really no surprises there. And if that is the case, then it's probably just not priced into earnings or the PE multiples. I think the, from from what I can assess, the the uh, earnings for most U.S. companies expectations are, uh, are still too high. Uh, there's going to be pressure on the on the bottom line, and once the market comes to terms with that. I think they'll look at the PE ratios and decide that they're probably still too high as well. Certainly against historical standards they are, and against rising interest rates they are. US unemployment is is likely to rise. Uh, would be extraordinarily unusual if in a recession unemployment didn't rise. In fact, the Fed has pretty much said that they really need unemployment to rise to get on top of inflation. And we're also seeing housing activity in the US cooling off as well. And it's down 18% year on year, which is, which is a pretty big move. So that's the backdrop to the world's most important economy. The indices are likely to remain under pressure. I think um, we can expect that we're going to see a, a volatile decline with short covering rallies along the way. And that's what we saw through 2022. Um, all bets are off, though, if the S&P gets back above 4,100 points. Um, it's not there, but um, that would be a point where you would have to reassess what was going on. Because at the end of the day, it's, it's not what you, what you think or what the fundamental logic would, would suggest. It's what the market is actually doing, where the money's going. And 4,100 would be a key line in the sand for me. And in that sort of scenario, sector and stock selection is just absolutely essential, as we saw in, in 2022, where a small number of sectors and industry groups did outrageously well and all the rest didn't. So I think that's going to continue in 2023. And I think you've just got to be more active in a more volatile environment. You want to buy low, sell high and keep turning the turning your capital over because, you know, it may be that we get some some spectacular rallies and some sharp declines and certain sectors and stocks don't net go anywhere. So if you want to make any progress, then you've got to be prepared to sell into that strength and then wait for the next bout of weakness. The Australian market set up resources at the moment, the unquestioned leader in the Australian market. Um, and there, you know, there are a number of key reasons for that, some of which are, are pretty obvious. The supply and demand outlook remains highly compelling. A lot of commentators are focusing on what an impending recession might do to commodity prices, but um, I think it's going to be less than what uh, what would be the case because the big offset now is, of course, decarbonisation and everything that goes with that. So I think uh, a recession is unlikely to lead to commodity price declines uh, automatically as it has done in the past. In 2022, we saw commodities outside of iron ore and lithium and coal do pretty poorly, they were pretty disappointing. 
I think we're going to see a more broadly based commodity rally in 2023. And we're already seeing that from copper um, and some others due to join in. One issue to be aware of, particularly in stock selection, is that raising capital for development in, a, in what is essentially a risk-off market may be an issue for some companies. So if you're looking at small caps that are going to need to raise significant amounts of capital, then that's an issue to be, to be aware of. The environment for gold keeps improving, as, uh, as we'll see, but I think keep an eye on copper, graphite and uranium are more likely to be in the mix than they have been in the last one to two years. One of the things that I've been doing in Portfolio Analyst is to um, roll out some basket watch lists in various baskets of by commodity type and try to put together a, a watch list of the really high class, high quality asset projects. And there is a new initiative coming, there'll be more on that in the next uh, week or so. It's instructive to have a brief recap of the last 12 to 14 months. Um, and my message is out of this section that no one can consistently make correct calls in the market. There's just too many moving parts that are shifting. But if we can learn the art of observing and responding, then you're going to dramatically improve your success and, and therefore be ahead of everybody else. So it's really important, I think, to look back at what the experience was in 2022, um, because if you can develop such a, such a skill or such an open mind that allows you to see the bigger picture changes, then you know what to track and you know what to look for. And that's one of the functions that this Sunday video attempts to achieve. And, and look, to be honest, it's not hard if you if you're clear about what you're looking for and you stay on top of it on a you know on a daily or certainly on a weekly basis um, members had a particularly profitable year in 2022 in in the groups that went up and we'll look at those in a minute um, and that more than offset the groups that that didn't the groups that struggled so since december 2021 um, through this medium and also through the the memberships I was observing and responding to what I was seeing in the charts. And initially, December, early January 2022, there was an emphatic rotation from aggressive sectors to defensive sectors. And we'll, we'll look at, uh, at several of these charts uh, and the, the history in, in just a minute. There was a clear breaking of key supports uh, as indices rolled over, as individual stocks rolled over. And, you know, it's very, very clear in hindsight, but it was also reasonably clear uh, at the time if you were open-minded enough to, to acknowledge that it was happening. And that, that's the tricky bit is just because it's going against group thinking. You know, everyone was, was still party time at the end of 2021. People were really bullish and it's hard to, to see the charts and acknowledge what's, what's happening. There were three counter-trend rallies in March, June, and October. So far, two have failed, and the jury is still out on the third one, the October one. The October low um, looked like it would be it, and still may be the, the ultimate low, and it still could be, but at the moment, the path of least resistance is to the downside. And, and the dramatic thing that changed for me was on December 16, 2022, when the Fed 
basically had the opportunity to to ease off the pedal and and made it very very clear that they weren't going to do it and other central banks have since joined in and that's changed the game for the first time in more than three decades that was the big game changer if that hadn't happened if the fed had backed off then i think we would probably be acknowledging that the october low was was the ultimate major low but the fed for the first time in in many decades is is now holding the line on inflation and because they need to what did well in 2022 us energy us renewables did quite well lithium in australia did outrageously well and they swam against the tide and they were highly profitable so let's look at some charts before we move on so this is the s&p you can see we had lows in um, lows in March and we got a bounce we then got a low in June now that the March one I said at the time I didn't like it it was a very emphatic day you can see this one here the, the 24th of February that that was an enormously um, positive reversal candle I said I didn't like it because it was too soon after we had a lot of signs that money flows were shifting dramatically as we'll see in a minute um, and so it turned out to be it was um, it was just the, the first of several moves to the downside. We got another significant move in um, in the middle of June, and again a nice reversal. And the market went up quite a way, but ultimately that one failed as well. <coughs> Beg your pardon. And then of course we got another very emphatic reversal of support in October. You know that that candle there on the 12th of October was very similar to what we saw in in February. And that's brought us, rallied us back to this downsloping trend line. And we've had several more attempts in a, in a brief period of time. Um, we haven't gone below the October lows. And until we do, the jury's still out. But it's with US earnings season and a number of other things, which I'll get to, you've, you've got to acknowledge that the trend is still down at this point in time. So the, the March and uh, June uh, major core lows were invalid um, where I said I, I believe the market had turned. The October one may or may not prove to be invalid. We'll have to wait and see on that. Um, but I think the important thing here is that if you take a certain stance on the market based on what you see and then it changes direction, well, you've just got to be very quick to acknowledge that it has and, and change your position. You know, don't stick to it for you know whatever reason that might be the worst mistake you can make is not to make the call that turns out to be invalid in the first place it's the refusal to quickly see that you were wrong and to fix it and fix it immediately all right let's look at the key charts that alerted me to make the calls that i did during 2022 this is consumer discretionary versus consumer staples this was really the first chart that sort of got me a bit concerned this was the middle of December when you can see we had an extremely sharp fall in the ratio. So it's indicating that um, money was shifting aggressively from discretionary into staples. So that means the market attitude was shifting to risk off. And it was the speed of this decline that I think was telling in mid-December 2021. We took out, these, uh, took out this support line rallied back mucked around for a few weeks 
But by the 12th of January, it was well and truly obvious that this ratio had rolled over. So that was the first sign of a change in character. And, and again, it's just the important skill here is none of us have got a crystal ball, is just to observe what the market is telling you and respond. Don't stay locked in to you know, the, the prevailing view of the world. This is the second chart that sort of reinforced what I was seeing in the consumer discretionary space, and that was semiconductors versus the S&P. And we'd reached a significant peak, and then we started forming lower highs and lower lows. And we took out this swing low, uh, which that swing low occurred on the 16th of December, but we took out that low in, um, in early January. So January 14, there were warning signs flashing about the market. And at that time, I recommended to members and through this video to significantly raise cash levels. And I think anyone who did that, that stood them in good stead. And since then, we've continued down. Now, we're getting a rally back at the moment. So again, this is a little bit supportive of just you know, keep an open mind. If this were to follow through to the upside, then we could see the S&P break 4,100. So just hold that thought. This is a weekly chart of US large cap growth versus large cap value. And it's on a weekly chart. So naturally, this signal is going to take longer to come through. But when we took out these lows, it was a very volatile period, but we took out these lows in mid-April. And so that was the ultimate confirmation that we were in a, in a bear market. But I'd been ringing the bell since, um, since late December on, on what I was seeing. Okay, I'll come back to, um, to those other ones. So the way forward from here is the, the path of least resistance is for US indices to move lower and, until we're proven otherwise. And the majority of stocks to move lower until proven otherwise. But be prepared, as I said before, to change your position quickly. I think 2023 is going to see a lot of rolling rotations. Um, and that's both a huge opportunity and a trap. If you get locked into certain sectors that are running well and you're not prepared to acknowledge what the charts are telling you, then there's the trap that you give back too much of your profit or you give back all of your profit because you just stick around too long. But it's also an opportunity because if you're attuned to stocks that are or sectors that are out of favour and are turning up against current thinking, then there's the opportunity. So that's probably one of the one of the key thoughts I want to want to give you today is just to, you know, maybe think a little bit contrarian, look at things each week, turn them upside down, and instead of looking at things that are going well and clapping your hands, look at it and say, well, what would it take? For me to change my position, for the market to change my position on this particular sector or industry group. I expect resources to pick up steam in Australia uh, for, for the reasons that I mentioned before. It was pretty narrow in 2022, particularly around lithium and coal. Um, and high volatility, which I'm almost certain we're going to get because this is just a, such a highly stressed period of time in financial markets, uh, that if you don't have a plan, you, you go to, you're going to get thrown off track by the high volatility. You'll be second guessing yourself all the time. So you need to be very clear on how you're um, managing this market. 
what I can say is that there are so many near perfect technical setups at the moment. It's it's really quite something. I've I've not seen so many uh, near perfect technical setups in in all the years and years I've been in the market. So markets are responding in that way pretty well. Okay. Um, Markets are poised um, pretty pretty delicately at the moment. Uh, we've got US earnings season just unfolding. Um, the results could propel the indices in either direction. And regardless of that, there's a number of sectors and groups that I'm as confident as, as I've ever been will do really well in 2023. So as a consequence, I hope viewers will just indulge me a little to, to do something that I only do once or twice a year, and that's just quickly outline the memberships that, uh, that I operate. If you're confused about the market, if you're un unclear about the market, um, and or you might be sitting on the sideline, you know, you're just nervous, then I think now's really the, the time to take advantage of, of what I expect will be some really, really wonderful opportunities. So let's have a quick look if you'll just indulge me for a few minutes. Um, this is what we do, and I firmly believe that these, these services can help you get far better results. This Portfolio Analyst, which is education heavy, it's also opportunities focused. There's a $1 trial for two weeks on Portfolio Analyst. If you haven't tried that, I think it's well worth, well worth doing. The Insiders Club is the flagship uh, service. It's written reports and, and video on a daily basis, market updates with extensive support, probably more than you'll find elsewhere. There's also something coming with just massive potential that only comes along once or twice a decade, these sort of cycles in the market. And I think we're right at the start of one of those now, so more on that shortly. So just digging a little deeper, portfolio analyst, you get the opportunity to learn from my three and a half decades of experience, but importantly, and this is not something that I expected when I started the service, is questions asked by members alert us all to opportunities that I don't necessarily know about. You know, there's thousands of stocks in the Australian market and there's been some absolute gems thrown up by, uh, by members. Um, it's a weekly video. There's a huge arc, educational archive as well, uh, which has, I think, got enormous learning value. It's a question and answer forum. Um, and I think that's the best way to learn both fundamental analysis and technical analysis, because that's, you know, I do it in great depth, the same process over and over again. So you can learn a great deal just by working your way through those videos. Most importantly, there is a big difference between what you read in textbooks about how markets operate um, and the real dynamics of the markets, what, what actually drives prices. And you rarely read that in textbooks. You've just got to learn it along the way. So opportunity to learn from someone that's, you know, that's been in the, in the engine room, in the washing machine, if you like, for, for decades. Strategies are so important. So there's lots of strategies on how to manage trades, how to get into them and how to take your profit and how to exit if they don't work out. The overall market perspective is important when to pull the trigger and when not to pull the trigger. And there's lots of great small cap trade ideas and a, and a strategic assessment on how you can actually make money out of it. You know, it's one thing to identify an opportunity that this is a company that is going to grow and in two or three years time, the share price is likely to be much higher. You know, that's just the start. And that's 
doesn't help people actually make money. The What makes money is the strategic approach that you bring to it. How do you actually frame the, your trading plan around that, that long-term opportunity? It's $99 a month if you decide to join, but for $1, you can, um, you can try it for two weeks and you've got full site access during that period of time. So you can go back and look at as much of the archive as you want. The Insiders Club is the flagship service. It's a daily service. Um, you can get uh, assistance with devising your plan and strategy, and that's really important because a lot of people struggle to really nail that. Building an extensive list of opportunities is just so incredibly important. You've, you've got to have more stocks, many more stocks on your watch list than what you're looking to buy. And that prevents you from chasing prices. You know, once you get your heart set on owning a certain stock, you'll almost invariably end up paying too much for it if it's rising. There's plenty of guidance with staying focused and sharp timing because that's the third element. You know, it's one thing to get a plan. It's another thing to get a big watch list. But you've then, you know, if you've got a busy life, it's not that easy to stay plugged in for when the opportunity actually rears its head because it mightn't happen for three months or six months. You've got to be able to track it and be alert to it. In general, the Insiders Club helps overcome the hindrances that just get in the way from most people doing well. There's extensive email support. I'm very responsive. On most occasions, you'll get a reply within hours. Um, so I think that's, that's a big part of it. It's $220 a month if you're serious about trading and investing. All right. Let's run through the, the, normal, um, the normal charts after that backdrop. The American stocks lost uh, 0.7 of a percent for the week. Um, but as we saw on the S&P, there was a, a very significant um, upward move on Friday, which happened to be options, options expiry. Now, I think it, it absolutely looks suspicious to me, as we'll see on the chart in a minute. It was just so out of character to what was happening in the market. And particularly when you look at an intraday chart, you know, from midday onwards in the American market, if you look at a 15 minute chart, it just went up and up and up. There was no two or three steps forward, one step back, which is the normal ebb and flow of buying and selling. It, it was just, it just went up in all the way into the close. So I'm not getting too excited about Friday night. So overall, the S&P, the downward trend remains. There are too many fundamental things likely to go wrong. Uh, I think everyone's got a pretty good idea of, of what the list is, uh, you know, recession, all those things. And then against that, we've got a Fed, which has clearly said that they're not going to back off. They're going to see this through. They're going to raise interest rates. They're going to take them higher and they're going to hold them higher for longer to get inflation down. And yes, inflation would appear to have peaked and is coming down, but it's still way above where the Fed needs it to be down at 2%. You know, we're still at six and a half. So there's earnings season. Um, there is just so many things that can go wrong. And long-term viewers of this, these videos would know that I, I place less emphasis on fundamentals and far more emphasis on technical charts. And you know, that's still the case. But at the moment, the fundamentals and the charts are saying the same thing. The logical conclusion is for the market to continue down at the index level. And certainly the charts as they stand at the moment are also saying the same thing. So it's a very specific stock pickers market, just as it was in, in 2022. 
there will be sectors in industry groups that will do well and you've just got to be really focused on them. The US dollar index was lower again, down to 102, so it continues its decline. The 10-year yield was steady, 3.48, so it's been there for a few weeks now. The VIX is again under 20, and the two-year, 10-year spread is um, is still quite negative, and it's been in this 0.6 to 0.75 negative um, positioning now for quite a period of time. Sorry, let me just get the right one. Um, so just going back to the S&P, so you can see we had um, had a run up to resistance the prior Friday, Friday the 13th, and then we were down on, it was a shortened week, so we were down Tuesday, we were emphatically down Wednesday, we were down on Thursday, and then lo and behold, off this likely uh, short-term support level, the market rallies extraordinarily, and particularly in the last two to three hours. So I'm just pretty much ignoring this candle. I want to see what next week uh, brings um, once we've removed that that um, you know that influence of options expiring. Uh, if we look at the Nasdaq QQQ, um, you can see pretty similar and very similar positioning with respect to this um, long term. Just that's probably a more appropriate point to have it. So we've got a little bit more leeway, but look, if we take out this level here, which is uh, roughly 300, so we're above 300 in the next few days on the NASDAQ uh, or the QQQ, then I've, you know, I'll be forced to, to rethink my, uh, my position. Uh, the US index, so this is on a, this is very long term. So this is on a monthly basis um, and is still, Short term down, but you've got to say long term, long term is up. And if we look at the Australian dollar, we finished we finished around about where we'd finished the previous week, but it's it's pretty volatile at uh, at the moment. Now, just while I'm here, let's have a quick look at the Australian market. There's the ASX 200, so we're getting up, just inching our way up towards the all time highs. And a good part of the reason for that is the materials index. The BHPs and the Rios and the Fortescues are certainly uh, pushing that market up along with the strength in, in iron ore. Um, but look, healthcare had a really good rebound uh, during the week, particularly CSL. Um, this is the financials, not quite so robust. Energy still tracking to the upside in, uh, in Australia. So let's do a quick recap on the Australian market. 68.95, our index gained 1.7, and it will probably open pretty brightly, I would think, on, on Monday morning. Be very interesting to see if it can hold those, uh, those opening levels. Most sectors contributed last week, uh, particularly materials. Uh, iron ore still hanging around 125. That helps enormously. There's been a lot of people out in the market for the last three to six months saying how resources were going to struggle because of a global recession and it might but the signs of de the decarbonisation effort which is impacting most raw materials um, is saying something very different and we're finally starting to see uh, commodities like copper responding. Now precious metals continues to look better and better. Um, gold uh, edged higher to 1927 there were heavy outflows from the 
global gold ETF, GLD, from April through to November. They were consistent and they were significant. And that has been one of the reasons that's held that market back. And it now appears that those uh, very heavy outflows may have finished. It's only one month, but this is certainly a, a, a good change in what we've seen in that market. If that's the case, then the next stops for gold, 2000, and then the all-time highs at 2060. Translating to Australian dollars, we're nearly 2800. Um, that would be absolutely super profit territory unless or except the fact that in Australia, the gold the cost of production have, have risen very, very significantly. It's, it's gone up at least $400 an ounce for most of the producers. So still very profitable, but not as much as you, you first might think. GDXJ, um, it's, it's hard to find the short-term consolidation that I was expecting. You know, gold um, and gold stocks are, are overbought. Um, but in the Australian market, I'm almost seeing an urgency in the last week or so to, to get set in some of the gold producers. It's something that we haven't seen for quite some time. And the one thing that you need to know about the gold stock market is when they run, and they don't run very often, it's only once or twice a decade, but they can be absolutely life-changing if you're properly organized. If you've done the things that I talked about before, you get a plan, you get a watch list, and you stay right on top of it, then history shows that you can do incredibly well in, uh, in gold stocks. Let's take a quick look at that market. So there's the gold chart on a daily basis. We've continued to push on quite emphatically. I thought after this reversal day here, which was Monday the 16th, that we would pull back and retest this breakout. So we would get that consolidation. It didn't happen. We only pulled back very, very mildly and then took off again. This is you know, not what we've seen in the gold market for the last couple of years, it's, except for the, you know, the COVID crash. It's been extremely positive. If you look at it on a weekly chart, we're still pushing towards the upside. Had a good crack at it last week. Um, and you know, who knows, in the next week, we may even push up and test that, that 2000 level. Silver also still within an overall downtrend, so it needs to break out, needs to get out above this line here. So we need silver to get up above $25 for it to change that trend. If we look at the global uh, stocks, this is GDXJ, hardly any consolidation there, down slightly for a couple of days and then off again. So this is, uh, this is very much a changing character in that market. Turning to other commodities, Copper still heading very nicely to the upside and also nickel rebounded to nearly $13 uh, as well. Uh, copper really gaining some momentum as we'll see on the chart in a minute. Um, crude oil uh, up to 81.4. Further gains up to 90 are possible. Um, and the floor I think is probably going to prove to be somewhere between 65 and 70. The reason that that level is significant is uh, Joe Biden has said that's that's the the level that's the buying level they're going to start to rebuild their strategic reserves so that should help to put a, a floor under uh, under the share price um, just a couple of other charts that I forgot to show before um, 
just looking back at 2022, I meant to show this. These are the areas that did extremely well in what was otherwise a very tough year. So this is XLE, the American Energy Index on a weekly chart. You know, just an extraordinarily strong trend, which just goes to show that you don't have to be a victim in a bear market. If you cherry pick the sectors that are doing well, then you know you can also do extremely well. And in Australia, it was a lot about lithium. And this was this was Pilbara Mines. Just as you know, one example, tremendous trend. If you look at the 200 day moving average, a, a tremendous uptrend. Yes, got pretty volatile, and that's where it's so important to have your plan very clear. And also, Min Resources as well did extremely well uh, over here. Um, so a great trend in, uh, in min resources to the upside, as you can see. Oops. All right, let's get back to the charts. There's the spot copper chart. You can see we've broken out uh, very nicely above $4. And that's, um, that's been quite a strong run over the last uh, few weeks. There's the spot nickel chart. Doing a bit more consolidation in nickel, but that's, you know, that's still a market that's, that's yet to take off. So wrapping it up, my final thoughts. Um, I think some real extreme care is needed right now. Um, we're still in a bear market at this point in time until proven otherwise. We've got US earnings season just starting. Um, so that is likely to throw up a considerable amount of volatility. The, the fundamental conclusion based on, on um, or the logical conclusion based on fundamentals is, is that the indices continue down. There's just so many things that, that could pressure the market prices. But we do need the price action to, to prove otherwise. So, you know, that's my positioning at the moment, down until uh, until proven otherwise. Friday was impressive, but highly suspect in my view uh, because of options expiring. But 2023, I think we're going to be presented with a whole raft of very robust opportunities. If, you, if you're organised and you're patient, you wait for the, for the dips and then are prepared to pull the trigger on them. Portfolio analysts last week, the gold outlook um, we looked at and also the, the stocks to watch in the sector that I particularly like, and also some strategy around um, battery materials. That's it for this week. There's more information on the website. There's my email address and um, I'll be back with you next Sunday. Cheers. It is quite easy to lose money in the stock market without well thought out, sensible rules applied consistently. Any advice in this video is general advice only. Neither your personal objectives, financial situation or needs have been taken into consideration. Accordingly, you should consider how appropriate the advice, if any, is to those objectives, financial situation and needs before acting on the advice. Gary Davis, AR317590, is an authorised representative of Primary Securities, AFSL224107. Past performance should not be taken as an indicator of future returns. And a note to traders, the publishers of this material wish to disclose that they may hold this stock in their portfolios and that any decision to purchase this stock should be done so after the purchaser has made their own inquiries as to the validity of any information in this material.